and welcome to Jen's Guide to Being a Grown-Up. I'm Jen Setrauer, and this is a podcast all about navigating life in your 20s. Here we have a lot of fun as we discuss what it's like to follow God into the somewhat daunting phase of life called adulthood. I have by no means mastered the sacred art of adulting, but I have plenty of wisdom and funny stories to share about how I have stumbled through this phase of my life. You're listening to Jen's Guide to Being a Grown-Up. Class is now in session. Hello and welcome to Jen's Guide to Being a Grown-Up. Today on episode 20, Jen's Guide to Going to College, I am going to be joined by one of my friends, Olivia Elms, who is originally from Portsmouth, England, but is currently in Huntington Beach, California, where she is training with the Circuit Riders Ministry. Um, I wanted to have her join me today because she has recently earned a degree in English in the UK, and I wanted to have her come on and share her experience in going to college. So sit back and enjoy today's episode. I can't wait to hear Olivia share all of the wisdom that she has learned in her 20s and in her recent time in college. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I hope you're having a fabulous week wherever you are. I'm having an exceptional week, and one reason for that is today we have a very special guest. Today I have here with me the woman, the myth, the legend, Miss Olivia Elms. Hello. Yes, Olivia, where are you joining us here today from? Hey, Jen and everyone who's listening. I'm joining from Huntington Beach, California, and yeah, I am here right now joining Jen. Yes. Okay, Olivia, for those of you who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you like to do, what, why you're in California, where you're from. Just give us a little crash course in who you are. Okay. Liv Elms 101, taught and led by Liv Elms. Um, (laughs) Directed by Liv Elms, starring Liv Elms. Um, so I am Liv Elms, and I, I, well, I know Jen through a ministry called The Ramp, where Jen currently is, and um, that place changed my life, set me on fire for the Lord, and um, since then I went back to school and I got an English degree studying English literature and language. And that is a huge passion of mine, which is to write um, and to publish and to edit work. And I run a blog called Wild Pursuit. You can check it out on wildpursuit.uk. And that's where I put a lot of my writing and I love doing all of that. But really my heart is um, to see so many people come to know Jesus. And that is like my driving force. And so that's why I'm in Huntington Beach, California. I'm with a ministry called the Circuit Riders. And it is so wild how all of that lined up. Um, that's a story for another day. But I am here right now and I'm with a team and we are just getting ready to go out to Europe for a huge tour of evangelism across tons of universities all across Europe. And so that is my focus right now. Um, and yeah, that is me. That is Liv Elms in a nutshell. That is incredible. Uh, Liv, I'm so thankful that you're joining us this week. 
and I have so much that I want to ask you about. Mm -hmm. Um, But the first thing that I normally do on the podcast is I talk all about what I am loving this week. So since you are my special guest this week, tell me what you're loving. Like, tell me what are the silver linings and everything you have going on this week? Oh my gosh, there's so many silver linings right now. (laughs) Like living in California, there's just so much. So I live five minutes from the beach right now. So that is what I'm loving. (laughs) I'm loving the beach right now. I'm loving the sunset. Um, I'm also loving my house. And the house I'm living in is with 25 wild men and women of God. It's a co-ed house. We have girls on the top boys and then there's like a bottom floor where like the house prints live but it's so much fun because we all are like pretty much just loving God and just like going after the same things and so living in this house has been so fun and so challenging and I feel like every time we do anything people just get saved and it's so much fun that's Um, incredible it's just like you guys are living out the gospel and I can't wait to hear stories from that in a little bit really want you to share the one that you were telling me about yesterday about the woman that you and some friends met um, when you were out evangelizing. But first I wanted to ask you, I saw on Instagram, there was like a picture of coffee spilled all over the place. Yeah. What, what's going on? Tell me about some of your struggles. Okay. House. You, seriously, you need to know about the struggle. So basically my first week here, I spent it in my friend's house in a place called Isla Vista. And basically everyone in Isla Vista like just works with coffee. So the coffee that I had was exceptional and I never made it. And so I just got used to this really high standard of coffee. And then I moved out and I started foraging for my own coffee when I, when I started living in Huntington Beach. <laughs> and let me tell you, I got this coffee from a store that I will not name right now because they don't need the bad publicity. But... <laughs> Basically, it was terrible. And and so I was using a French press, which I actually love French press. I think French press is great. But I was borrowing it from someone in my house and it had kind of a small crack on the bottom. And so I've been using, this is, I'm trying to shorten the story, but it was, it was deep. It kind of deep. Basically, it had a little a crack in the bottom, but it was fine. It leaked a little bit, but really it was, it was doable. But I used up all this terrible coffee and I brought this new coffee and I was so excited and I brought it in bean form. So I like, yes. it up, you know, like got it down to a ground, like put tons of coffee in this French press. <laughs> And I was so excited. I was so tired and I was ready for this coffee. It was in the morning and it was so early. It was probably like 7am, but I, I am, we wake up early here. I'll just say that, but I'm pressing down this coffee and it's like harder than normal. And I'm in my head. I'm like, there's a crack in this coffee. Like this, like physics, like this shouldn't be working, but it was working fine. And I keep pressing and bam, like the bottom of the coffee just explodes all over the kitchen there's coffee grounds there's glass there's hot water I was just like no and I just took a picture of it and I just kind of stood there for a minute and then I cleaned out but it was so bad were you able to at least salvage some of the coffee no the entire thing was everywhere it was all over the microwave in the cupboards like everything it was so bad but I yeah I regained the strength later on in the day and I made a new, I learned, well, actually a good thing came. I learned how to do an AeroPress, which I, good. yeah, which was really good. It redeemed it for sure. 
What's like your favorite way to make coffee? Do you like a pour over or like, okay, so before the French press, (laughs) before all that went down, what was like your normal way of making it? So what what I had been used to, which I wasn't making it, but in Isla Vista, they were using a Chemex and they were like (laughs) measuring it. They had like this fancy kettle and I was just loving it. So, um, shout out if anyone wants to buy me a Chemex. <laughs> I'm accepting donations of Chemexes to come my way. Um, but yeah, that's how I would love to do it. But AeroPress is genuinely good. What do you use to make your coffee? I use a Bodum individual size pour over, and it has like a mesh strainer. So, um, it only makes enough for one person or one cup. So sometimes I feel like that's the best quality for like a single serve cup. Yeah. But, um, if I like need more coffee, I'll just go ahead and make a French press. But I, uh, one of my friends uses an AeroPress all the time and I love it and it tastes so good. So I want to get one, but. But the sad thing is like when I make coffee, like I want to make coffee for people. Like I don't want to mess with me. So that's why I was kind of loving the French press. The AeroPress is just like, I'm making coffee for me. And I feel like coffee is a group thing. (laughs) Yes. You live with so many people. You want to like share it. Exactly. And you want to be able to keep going back for more. Yeah. If if your cup runs out or like top it off. That's why like I grew up drinking um, drip coffee. Mm. But it was before I knew about good coffee. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you can have good drip coffee. I just think you have to like know the science behind how to make it good. And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be bashing any brands, but Mm-hmm. there's just a couple that just aren't good you just know you just know I'll tell you one that is good every time I've had a cup of cafe bustello yes it's always good and I that's forgot just like, about cafe bustello I'm whenever, just gonna out cafe bustello they're so good yes. whenever I first um moved to Hamilton I started buying cafe bustello for my <laughs> morning coffee and I I think I stopped what because I converted to um, getting whole bean coffee and grinding it myself. Yeah. So I just never looked back. No. I'm going it's to buy Cafe Bustello this week. Oh, memories. I just love the tin. It's so fun. Yeah, I uh, put a plant in one one time oh, and so, so did my um, room. I know. So cute. I love Cafe Bustello. Yes, it's so good. Okay, I had a similar experience this week where I spilled something all over. Oh, no. Um, one of my favorite foods right now is enchiladas. <laughs> and So messy. Yes. <laughs> so, so messy. I love them. I love, like, a cheese enchilada. Um, I learned how to make, like, enchilada stuffed sweet potatoes. I love enchilada sauce on everything. And so I had been eating a ton of enchilada flavored things and I got a new bottle of enchilada sauce and I could not get the packaging off of it. Like the lid wouldn't come off. The plastic wouldn't come off. I'm like banging it against the counter. I'm shaking it really hard because you know, with glass bottles, sometimes it's hard to get the top off. Mm -hmm. I gave it one good shake and enchilada sauce went everywhere. It was all dripping down my face, down my clothes, all over the counters. And I was just 
so depressed because when you have a traumatic incident like that with something, sometimes it makes you not like it forever. Mm. Like when I was in middle school, um, a packet of Chick-fil-A Polynesian sauce exploded in my purse and I didn't eat Chick-fil-A for like four years after that. So I just hope that I haven't been traumatized and I hope I can still love enchilada sauce. And I'm sure you can still love coffee. Yeah, I definitely can still love coffee. It's hilarious. Well, um, that that about wraps up um, what we're loving this week. Oh, now, okay. I think this is um, it's time to talk about what today's episode is about. Yes. And because I have you on here, it could be about literally anything. There's so many things I want to talk to you about. But one of the main things I wanted to get your perspective on was um, going back to school. So yes. this week is Jen's guide to going to college. Oh, I love it. Yes. So personally, I'm a college dropout. I've done um, two years of seminary back home before I moved to Hamilton. And then I had also done three and a half years of college studying psychology again before I moved to Hamilton. And I paused it in the meanwhile. And, um, I personally had a desire to go back to college. So that's something I'm looking into, but I've been, you know, keeping up with you over social media since you've moved back home to England and you have totally done this college thing. And I want to hear how you've done it. Like what have been your struggles? What have been your high points? Tell everybody all of your advice. Mm -hmm. So maybe let's just start off with like, what made you decide to go college yes okay this is so fun for me to talk about because this was such like a hidden season like for me like coming out of the ramp and into college like it just felt like such a like head down like just get the work done like no one sees you but it's fine season but I feel like I learned so much like in that because it was that so this is really fun for me to talk about um but the reason why I went back to college was really because the Lord told me to like I just knew I had a piece in my heart that um he wanted me to get my degree and so while I was at the ramp I already had a place to go back to my home city and to do it um and he actually just kept confirming it like this is what you need to do so I had total peace like that was what I was needed to do um and there were a couple of options of like where I was going to go like I had a spot if I like if I wanted to do it in Manchester or if I wanted to do it in Portsmouth but um Portsmouth my hometown was really like what God was like putting on my heart and so um I just knew like I want to go back to Portsmouth and I want to bring like that everything that God's done in me like I want to just put it like smack bang in the middle of Portsmouth and just see what God does so that was my like heart behind going to university okay so once it was time to figure out going to college, were you overwhelmed about like figuring out the financial aspect of it? Because I know for a lot of people, that's like the biggest thing that keeps them back is like, um, where am I going to get the money to do this? And is the investment worth it? Like, Mm -hmm. was that something that was ever stressful for you with figuring out, um, financially how to go back to college? Mm, That's really interesting because, um, there's like a lot of differences between the UK college system and the American one. So basically the UK system is really easy financially. Um, So for me, that wasn't like a huge concern. Um, 
And I was also like, I just decided to move in back in with my parents. So that would save me like a ton of money on rent. Um, but like to anyone who might be feeling like that, the financial pressure is stopping them. Um, I just know of so many people who have gone through college, um, because they feel like that's what the Lord was calling them to do. And, and he just provides, like, I know, like, if that's the only thing that's stopping someone from going, like he will always provide. Um, and I've even seen in my own life, the last couple of months, the last couple of weeks, just how, when you step out with what the Lord's telling you to do, like the money will always be there. So you like, don't even like worry about that. But yes, for me, it wasn't a huge concern just because it's like, um, really doable with like the way that England structures student finances. Okay. That makes sense. So what about, um, so you went to ministry school before you went to college yes. and I went to college before I went to ministry school. Mm-hmm. So we kind of had an opposite experience. Yeah. Um, I know it's not the same for everybody, but when I was in college, I felt like I was, you know, I was young and it was really hard to determine what my worldview was as a Christian while also being in college. Um, how do you feel like going to ministry school before college helped you personally? Wow. That's such a good question. Um, I had a really clear vision in doing ministry school first. It was almost like, um, the Lord was like, what I wanted to give to the Lord was like the first fruits. So like Mm -hmm. that tithe of almost like my life. Yeah. Like it, like for me that finishing, like, well, in England, it's a bit different bit different but like graduating like that high school phase the first thing that I really wanted to do was give it to the Lord um and so that season of ministry school was almost like a tithe like to the Lord saying like I want to do this first and then like anything else that you've called me to do um and I could just so see his wisdom in that because Mm. um then when I got to college like my head was so screwed on um for the things of the Lord and then also just having a bit of maturity and and like knowing that I'm like there for a reason, like to study and to get my degree, but also to see him do something. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was a really like just following the Lord's wisdom was really fun in that. And I feel like he saved me a lot of confusion. That's amazing. That's so good. And I'm so glad that was your experience. Okay. So as far as what you studied, tell us a little bit about like what you studied and how you feel like that is going to be helpful in your career or in whatever path the Lord has you on. Yeah. So I originally had signed up to do business, but I really just hate business. Like I think I just chose it because it was so super practical and I was like, yes, everyone can use a business degree, but I really hated business. So I actually just emailed them and they managed to change it like literally with one email to English. Um, and it's actually the perfect course that I wanted to do, which was half English language and then half English literature. So my time was spread between those two subjects. Um, and it is just my whole heart. I just love reading. I love books and I love the English language. And so, um, it was really cool because I've been able to use those skills a lot in things that I love, such as like editing, um, books. Like I've managed to edit two like four books, which is wow. so fun to me. Um, 
and then just improving my skills as a writer, um, understanding books and, and authors and reading. Like all of those things for me were just the best. Like I, I loved like what I did um, and it's going to come in so handy in like everything I do, even in ministry, like yeah. there's so many opportunities, especially with like the digital age, like copywriters, um, social media people, mm-hmm. like websites, all of that like is hinged on like, like a solid understanding of language. And so um, I found it to be such a useful tool. That is so good. I love that. Sorry. Someone is rolling outside of them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about like how, what, like how college ties into what you do with circuit riders. Because the circuit riders really do a lot in universities. Yes. So the whole mission of circuit riders is to, um, just go to universities and they started in America and they go to universities and just like call everyone together and just like revive everyone who who says they're saved they just challenge them and 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 get them like fully like going and living in the things of the Lord um, and then they also call all the lost people and call them to salvation and then they just train everyone so it's so fun because I've been able to use like my knowledge of um universities in the UK and their systems and Mm -hmm. the way that the college ministries work as as well as a ton of like connections with um what we would call like catalysts like in universities so it's been so fun like literally this week like I've just been calling and calling like tons of people who I know like in universities like um and just like being able to talk with them about coming on tour this year so it's been wild like how the Lord orchestrated that like yeah you like that knowledge of like what what universities are like and how they work that's so good and I feel like you um, mentioned earlier when the Lord was guiding you of even just going to ministry school before going to college like you were mentioning the wisdom of the Lord helps you to figure out exactly what to do. And it's so awesome. Like just to think that the Lord knew that you needed ministry school and then you would need college and that all those puzzle pieces of what you learned about um, college in the UK would come in handy because you would be, you know, going to California to do the circuit riders to be able to go back to England into the universities. So So wild. that's just, the wisdom of the Lord, man, that is so amazing. Yeah. Now, okay, so on the topic of circuit riders and everything you guys are doing, being activated to go out and spread the love of Jesus, mm-hmm. tell us some of your experiences in that. Like, because um, for some people, that seems like so wild and radical and stressful and like something they'd never want to do, but it seems like for you in your experience with the ramp and then even, um, with circuit riders, like that's just part of your lifestyle as a disciple. Like tell us a little bit about, um, what that's like for you. And I'd love for you to tell the story about, um, the woman that you guys met yesterday. Oh, yes. So, I mean, just to preface this, like, um, talking about evangelism and like sharing your faith, like genuinely like that, it's scary. And like, Um, don't feel like overburdened or like anyone who's listening, like don't feel like this overwhelming pressure of like, Oh, I don't do that because literally like same, 
like I've been there like (laughs) I've been that person who's just like so afraid and like doesn't want to do it but basically like the heart behind it is that you just fall so in love with Jesus that like literally those things and those worries like you just like they like fall off because you begin to just see people like with his love and like um, something that really has been like stri- like striking my heart this week is this picture that God gave me um, when we were praying this week. And it was a picture of like a burning building um, and it looked like almost like an apartment, like rise, like, like a really tall building, like in a city. Um, and there was tons of windows, but this building was like on fire. And I just saw like um, our team, or like, and I saw myself like reaching into these windows and like pulling people out and like, because they were like in a burning building. And I felt like what the Lord was showing me, um, like for myself was that I need to have that desperation when it comes to telling people about the gospel and um, saving people because, um, literally like it is that same desperation as if they were in a burning building, but like, I don't always see it with that desperation. Like I see it as like, Oh, I don't like need to talk to that person about Jesus. Like someone else will. But like, if someone was in a burning building and you walked by, like, what if there was no one else? Like, what if you needed to reach in and save them? Like they need you and they need you now. Um, and so really like, yeah, God's been putting that desperation on my heart. Um, but I'd love to share the story. So we did evangelism this week. Like we just went out and, um, someone gave a really good thing. They said, like, honestly, the hardest thing about evangelism is just starting a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and I know you've done tons like in Mardi Gras and stuff. Like, isn't that like the hardest thing? Yeah. Like just, just getting in there. And so what we did, like we, we probably talked to like five different people or like groups of people and they were really positive, but there was this one girl and she was sitting on the pier. Um, and she was just like looking out, she had earphones in and me and my roommate went, went up to her. I just like, was like, I just want to talk to her. Like she's sitting down, like she hasn't got anywhere to be. So we went up to her, um, and we started to talk to her. She was actually visiting from South Korea for 10 days and like actually looking back like that's quite confusing because we're in the middle of a pandemic and like I don't know how she's in the country right now on vacation but <laughs> like I just it didn't click like in the moment like what how did you get here <laughs> yeah like I didn't even think to ask that I just thought it was like totally normal but yeah thinking back like that's actually kind of wild that she's even here um but she we started to just tell her like ask her some questions about Jesus and we just like went in and like honestly like recently talking to people like I'm just going straight in because this is what I have to say like like I'm not gonna just fluff around it like I'm just here to tell you the gospel (laughs) so I just literally (laughs) went like bluntly into like like telling her about Jesus and we and I could see she was like not really wanting to hear it like her face was so sharp and so I don't know what came over me but I just got like some grit and and I was like waiting for the Lord just to hear like what he wanted to say to her. And so I feel like sometimes like we forget like this is a person and like they're going through things and like Jesus wants to speak directly into their, their situation. Like, yes, um, so yeah. He speaking like words just about like friendship and like how he wanted friendship with her and how he wanted to fill her with joy. And as I started to sh- share these things, I could see that like her eyes were like opening up Um to, to the gospel. And so we continue to share the gospel with her and 
literally like her whole demeanor was just like changing well like, as we shared it like she began to just like smile like we began to just see like life just coming into her um and we gave her the opportunity we said like um is this something like we, like we said straight up like like when you pray this prayer like the old you is dead like the new you will live like in Christ like it wasn't just like a oh do you want to like accept Jesus like it was like it was like do you want to like die to yourself and like repent it was so wild but we were just like in it we were because I was just thinking of her soul and her eternal life and I was like I want to pull you out of this burning building and so we told her and we gave it to her straight and we said do you want to pray this prayer with us and she said yes I want to pray that prayer and so like it was kind of awkward and we just fumbled our way through this prayer, but she like yeah. prayed it. And it was just so incredible because we left and she was like a different person. Like it was literally like the old had passed away and the new had come. And so like, I just want to encourage anyone like who's just thinking about evangelism, just grab like a wild friend and just go out and, <laughs> someone and, just, and honestly like preach the gospel to yourself and then you'll be able to preach it to other people as well. Yes. Yes, that's yes, so that's good. <laughs> oh my, wow. It's like, you forget, you forget whenever you're thinking about evangelism, you forget like the Bible literally says that the harvest yes. is ready, but it's, but it's the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Yes. And like, I think that we have this mindset sometimes that the harvest is like not great and there's millions of laborers, but it's like people's hearts are ready for the gospel, but we need to be sent out. So I'm just so proud of you for taking these steps in this season to, um, you know, go through all of the, all of the training you have been through in the past few years with ministry school and in college and now everything you're doing with the circuit riders. It's just incredible. Well, um, Olivia, what, how can people get connected? And even if people are listening to this and they want to sew into you, like how are some ways that people can get connected to you and sew into you if they'd like to? Oh, that's so awesome. You can, um, hit me up by email. I'd love to talk to you. Um, send me an email at hello at oliviaelms.com and it's Olivia and then E-L-M-E-S.com. Um, send me an email that way. Um, and I'd love to just talk to you and, um, yeah, like, yeah, I love that. Or you can find my social media and DM me live.elms, um, on Instagram and we can connect and yeah, I'll send you some links. Yeah, great. Will you also tell them just briefly about what you're doing with Wild Pursuit as well? Oh, yes. I'd love to. So Wild Pursuit is like my blog that I run and it's a website, um, wildpursuit.uk. And I basically just put articles up there. Like I'm working um, with a couple of people and we're just producing articles. And the, the aim of the of the articles that we produce is to call you into a wild pursuit of God. And the the like word wild like I, I was given a definition of it one time and it means to be unrestrained um, and uncontrolled, especially in pursuit. And so like 
that word wild has just gripped my life. And like, when I think about my walk with Jesus and my, me running after like what he's told me to do, like, I want it to be unrestrained. Like I want it to be unrestrained by fear. I want it to be unrestrained by the fear of man or what other people think of me. And I want it to look wild, but like, so just after God and in pursuit of God. So yeah, that's Wild Pursuit. Check it out. You can subscribe. Perfect. Well, I, as always, will link all of that kind of information about how people can find you in the show notes. And um, thank you for sharing all about your college wisdom. And now here's Jen's tip of the week. My tip of the week this week is because I have met so many new people in the last couple of weeks, um, I've just noticed that first impressions are a really big deal and that how you like meet someone is actually really important. And so my tip of the week is to be a really friendly first impression person, like go all in, give the hug, make someone feel welcome. Like don't just sit and stare at someone who's new, like go and say hi to them because that will make you a great adult and you will go far in life if you make new people feel really welcome. That is so awesome and encouraging because I know how uncomfortable it can be when you're just even passing somebody, you know, at work or at the store and Mm -hmm. you both feel that awkwardness of like, am I going to reach out or no? (laughs) And, you know, even if it's kind of uncomfortable or stressful, you're so right. Making that first impression or making that first connection and just choosing to be confident, even if you're awkward, it really does go the extra mile. And it's like, you never regret it. Yeah. It's always good. And now here is Jen's guide to quiet time. So Liv, what are some things that you feel like the Lord is saying right now? So something for me, um, just with my quiet time, it, that the Lord's been showing me is so super practical. But basically, like, I think sometimes, so to preface it, sometimes when it comes to actually having our quiet time with the Lord, like, it can be really abstract and it can be kind of like, oh, like, I do it when I want to do it. And and for me, like that's been really not helpful. And so something that I've been doing just to like make myself more accountable is literally using a timer on my phone and like setting like a 20 minute timer for my quiet time with the Lord. And I know it's so simple, but honestly, like it's been revolutionary because I literally have, I know that I'm spending that time with the Lord and I know that the timer will go off and I know that I've spent time with the Lord that day and I don't have to think, oh, like, did I spend some time with the Lord in my mystical day? I'm not sure. Like, I know, like I I put that timer in, I intentionally sat with the Lord and it doesn't have to be a religious thing, but it just can help us so much to really spend that time. Yeah. That is my quiet time (laughs) advice. (laughs) (laughs) That is so perfect. And that's so helpful. And, um, Remind me what your Enneagram type is. Aren't you a seven? I'm a seven. So it's so useful. Yes. <laughs> a seven. Yes. Yeah. I feel like even just in our generation, like a lot of us are so just go with the flow. Yeah. We just want to be doing an adventure. And mm-hmm. if we're not, if our quiet times don't feel like this 
epic, like mind blowing. I'm skipping with God in a meadow. Yeah. Like it feels like, what are we doing? But you're so right. Even just those 20 minutes, like setting that time intentionally can be so helpful. It will literally, yeah. Revolutionize your walk with the Lord because you're, yeah, you're just having that time, like where he can just meet you and it's so useful. So yeah, that's my tip. That's so perfect. And one more thing I'd like to ask is what has been like a passage of scripture that has like stuck with you, whether it's been, you know, for like your whole life, like a life verse or even in this season? Oh, so in this season, it's funny because I can't remember the exact, I think it's like Isaiah 41, but you might just have to check it. But it's just been so crucial for me. It says, um, that whether you walk to the left or to the right, you'll hear a voice behind you and it's telling you this is the way walk in it. And just that has been so like life to me in this season because it's just that the Lord is trusting me to hear his voice and to respond to it. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a really special like verse for me and for the season and for my life. So yeah, Isaiah 41 something, uh, 40 something. That's incredible that is such an encouragement and a blessing and I just I receive it I know the listeners receive it okay one more thing I'd like to do um I hope I don't put you on the spot here but I love to close each episode with a prayer Um, sometimes it's a prayer that can kind of be a guide for the listeners or sometimes I like to just pray over and bless the listener so is there would you mind closing us out in prayer before we go I would love to do that Okay. Lord, I thank you for this person listening. I thank you that you would revolutionize their time with you, God, and that you would just begin to just boil up inside of them a love for you like never before. And God, I ask that that love would boil over and God would affect, it would affect everyone that they know, God, everyone that they come in contact with, God, that you would put like a fire in their bones to share the gospel with people. God, that you would literally just begin to arise in them. God, with a gospel message of power and that many people would be saved because of their life and that the fear of man would have no hold because they're so gripped with a love for you. And God, I thank you that they will that this will come from a, a deep love and time spent with you and not from an obligation or a fear or anything else, but just because they love you. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you have enjoyed episode 20, Jen's Guide to Going to College. I had so much fun catching up with my friend Liv and hearing about all of the amazing things God has been doing in her life through college and her time at the Circuit Riders. Well, I wanted to also let you know that episode 20 is going to be the last episode of season one of Jen's Guide to Being a Grown-Up. I've had so much fun over the past few months sharing all of my insight from what I've learned in my 20s. And I look forward to coming back with brand new episodes sometime soon. So to keep up with everything going on with my life and the podcast, as always, you can find me on Instagram at jen.zetrauer. I hope you have a fantastic week and I will see you all soon. Bye-bye.